Welcome to the first episode of our One Team Movement podcast, The Sound of Synchro. I'm your host, Lisa Carrier, founder of One Team Movement, and today I'm here with one of our podcast producers, Muzna. Today, Muzna is actually going to be interviewing me and asking me questions about One Team Movement and our goals for this podcast. I'm sure One Team Movement community knows you well, but can you start by introducing yourself? Uh, yeah, my name is Lisa Carrier. Um, I grew up in the Toronto, Canada area, and I've been living in the Montreal, Quebec area for the last three years. But um, I grew up in the sport of figure skating, and I found synchronized skating when I was eight years old and instantly fell in love with it. And it's uh, very much formed who I am today. So what exactly is synchronized skating? Um, as someone who's never heard of it, I think the first thing that comes to mind is just synchronized swimming. So can you, I guess, just explain a bit more about what exactly is synchronized skating? Yes. I mean, the probably the easiest answer is, yeah, it's like synchronized swimming, but it's on frozen water instead of melted water. But it's more to it than that. Um, if you think of like ice dance at the Olympics, like I don't know if you're familiar with Tessa, Virtu, and Scott Moyer, um, but if you imagine that level of skating and uh, connection on the ice, but it's multiplied by 16 skaters. So not only are you seeing beautiful figure skating on the ice, but you're seeing the unison between skaters. You're seeing shapes on the ice. You're seeing speed, group lifts. Um, and it's just this really unique type of figure skating done in a team environment that's pre predominantly female, but there are also males on teams. And it's just a really cool sport that combines artistry and athleticism. Can you explain some of the elements? Because I know you just brought up that it's it can be like 16 people like skating at once. So can you just, I guess, explain some of those elements of how it works and maybe some of the moves that like synchronized skaters do? I think the easiest elements to identify are the ones that are shapes. So we do a shape like we'll do a circle and we'll do a block and we'll do a line. And those are pretty self-explanatory. And then we also have intersections. So an intersection is where all of the skaters will pass through each other in very close proximity. So there can be two lines that go through each other. There can be like basically a box shape or a triangle shape that intersect through at the same time. Um, it's kind of like creating those kaleidoscope patterns on the ice, but while intersecting. And then we also have an element where it's a synchronized spin. So if you can imagine, there's 16 people doing a spin at the same time. Um, we have what's called a moves element. So if you're familiar with dance terms, it's like doing an arabesque where your leg is high up in the air and you're balancing on one blade, but you're holding on to teammates and you're going through a particular pattern on the ice, passing by other skaters. Oh, and then there's lifts. So there can be pair lifts or group lifts. Um, the pair lifts, of course, would be two people doing a lift together. And then the group lift would be three skaters lifting one skater in the air and you would see four of those lifts on the ice since there's 16 skaters and they would be um, kind of in a mirror image or some sort of a synchronized pattern with synchronized timing. I guess to follow up is is there always 16 people in a group? Is that how it normally works? So a full team uh, can be 12 skaters. For the top levels of the sport there does have to be 16 skaters on a team for like a world championship for example. And then some adult levels, 
at least in Canada, we can have 20 skaters on a team. So it, it back in the day, um, there could be 24 skaters on the team or even more than that. And then it dropped down to 20 and then 16. So 16 is considered a full team, but sometimes you will see smaller teams on the ice as well. Can you, I guess, explain to me just a bit about like some of the competitions that synchronized skaters do? Because I, I don't think I've ever heard of synchronized skating in like the Olympics or, you know, just that sports event. So I just kind of wanted to gauge on like what competitions you guys would do. So most competitions in synchronized skating, they're specifically for synchronized skating. So you won't necessarily see other disciplines like singles or pairs or ice dance mixed in with synchro. But it's much the same as any other discipline where um, there's a panel of judges and a panel of technical specialists. So they are responsible for objectively marking the program with very specific criteria. And they sit on a panel on, on the side of the boards. And so generally the team will, there will be a, a bunch of teams in a different in different categories. So for example, there's juvenile, there's novice, there's junior, senior, a whole bunch of different levels. So depending on your age and skill level, you'll be competing in a certain division. And then all of the teams in that division will do a performance back to back. Um, they'll take the ice. They get about a minute on the ice before their program music starts. So that that's just kind of to uh, warm up a little bit. Fans are cheering. Everyone's supporting the skaters on the ice. And then they'll take their starting position and the music will start. And depending on the level that they're competing in, the program length will be a little bit different. So the program could be two minutes, two and a half, three, four minutes even. And so every team will go through, we call it the program and dance. It would be like the routine. And at the end of the program, they get off the ice and then they wait for their marks. Normally we call it the kiss and cry, which is kind of a funny uh, name for it, but it's basically an area where skaters will kind of hug each other and say a silent prayer until their marks come up on on the screen. I love that. That's so cute. <laughs> I know you just talked that you kind of learned about synchronized skating when you were eight years old. Can you just explain of how you got into synchronized skating and like what's the story behind it? Yeah. Um, so growing up, I just loved figure skating. I was obsessed with watching it on TV. My mom had figure skated and I just wanted to be like my mom. Um, so I started figure skating lessons, or I guess learned to skate back then at the age of seven. And I was very lucky that at my club, there was what was called precision at the time, but a synchronized skating team. And so I would get off my learn to skate lesson. And I, if you can imagine just this little girl with her hands on the side of the boards and her nose pressed up against the glass, just watching with these like starstruck eyes and just in absolute awe of what I was seeing on the ice. And back then that was our um, like recreational level junior team. And I thought they were amazing. And I would watch them and learn their program from the side of the boards. They skated to Beetlejuice. And um, I, I was just, you know, awestruck by it. And I would beg my mom uh, to put me in, in synchronized skating. And finally, the next season, she gave in and let me start synchronized skating. And at that time, it was, you know, the very, very beginner levels. And the most exciting thing we did was like balancing on one foot with our head looking down, you know, like that was a big thing for us. Um, but I just, I loved it. I loved skating with friends and with teammates. And and I, I found that my passion for the sport really grew from having teammates around me and 
um, from having that level of fun on the ice and not just always skating by myself. And so I kind of went through all of the levels in my club. And when I got to a certain point, I moved to a different club to skate at a higher level. And, and at that point, that was a junior team called Gold Ice, who are still around today and very successful. But I skated with that team for two seasons and went to a junior world championship. We got a bronze medal for Canada, which was just amazing, you know, to be, I think I was, yeah, 14 at the time and to be able to travel with, you know, some of my best friends and my parents were able to come to, to some of the trips and to get to, you know, see the world at 14 and compete for your country. There's really no feeling like it. Um, and so then I got the opportunity to join a senior team, which uh, in synchronized skating is the top level of the sport. You kind of mentioned earlier about the Olympics. We don't have the Olympics, but if we did, it would be the senior teams that would go. Um, and I had the opportunity to travel internationally with my teammates at the senior level for six years. So it was kind of, uh, that's my journey in synchronized skating and still involved today. And I guess, do, are you still on a senior team today or is it just more so like you're just very involved with the community? <laughs> oh gosh, no, definitely not. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't skate senior at this point in my life. Uh, my last season, so I had taken um, actually six years off. I skated senior for a bunch of years and then I thought I was retiring and I went to school to finish my education and get my master's degree. And then I got into coaching. And from coaching, I kind of got the bug to go back to senior. So I did my final year of senior in 2015-16. And uh, that was many years ago now. <laughs> and now I'm back to the coaching side of things and running one team movement. But skating senior, is, it's a huge commitment. Skaters spend 20 to 25 hours a week um, training. So it really is like a full-time commitment. Is is that one of the reasons why you would say like you had to retire or you were kind of like at the more end or you were just kind of done with synchronized skating at the more senior level? Yeah. Well, for me, um, I didn't feel done per se when I retired. Uh, it was definitely a financial issue for me and and for a lot of skaters because synchronized skating is not an Olympic sport, there isn't the same funding that is available for synchronized skating that would be available for the other Olympic disciplines. And so all of the skaters, they're paying for their own travel, their own training, their dresses, their coaching, their ice time, everything. Um, and it can be a really, really big commitment. So I managed to save up enough to skate for one season. And I had honestly the best year of my life skating senior as a more mature skater, not as a 20-year-old, but as a you know 26, 28-year-old, whatever I was. Um, but I, I loved it. I just, I couldn't afford to do another season. And so uh, that's why I didn't feel done with the sport. And I, to this day, I will never call myself a retired skater because I will always be a skater at heart. And I'm sure a lot of skaters out there can relate to that sentiment. But um, I started wanting movement as a way to stay involved in the sport, but in a different capacity and really trying to give back to the next generation. Can you tell me a little bit more about One Team Movement? So One Team Movement is a not-for-profit organization. We are federally registered in Canada, but globally minded in the sense that we don't just want to grow synchronized skating in Canada. We want to grow synchronized skating worldwide. And so we started in 2016. At that time, the idea was to sell t-shirts and to raise money to donate back to synchronized skating teams. And I think we sold either two or 3,000 t-shirts in the first three months of our existence. And we donated those funds back to Synchro Teams. But 
because there was so much interest in our t-shirts, we thought, well, maybe maybe this is something bigger. And if all we ever do is try to sell t-shirts and raise money, eventually that's going to, you know, wear wear out and people will lose interest, but maybe there's something bigger that we can create here. So with our founding members, we came up with our pillars of success, as we call them. And those still very much drive what we do today. The first one is Unite. So uniting the community, bringing people together, promoting sportsmanship and camaraderie within the sport. The next one is Promote. So promoting awareness of the sport and trying to just raise general awareness of the sport because people can't join the sport or be fans of it if they don't know that it exists. The next one is develop. So we work to um, help the sport with its development through, um, we have like a YouTube educational channel. We have educational PDF resources that we put out. We do, of course, development camps is our big one, um, which we have hosted internationally and in Canada and the U.S. as well. Um, really trying to bring top-level coaches to the grassroots level to help the sport grow. And the final one is support, uh, finding ways to support the community through sponsorships, through giveaways, um, and anything that we can do to help to reduce the financial burden on teams and skaters in the sport. I, I love it because it's just you're trying to do everything you can to just help skaters, I guess, my head. And I love I love that mission. I to ask, though, because I came across one team movement and I was looking at it. It's very international. Like you guys are connected to many different countries. And I was just wondering, like, how did that come to be as well? I know you did say that you at one point did consult different teams in different countries. I was wondering if you could explain that. So I think the international internationality really started from the fact that I'd worked with teams as a consultant. So I knew a lot of coaches and skaters in different countries. And I always, my idea with one team movement was always to keep it international. It was never to um, just focus on one small area. And, you know, as an organization, we attended different like accelerator and incubator programs for not-for-profits. And they would always say like, your market's too big. You have to just focus on Ontario or just focus on Canada. And I I <laughs> refuse to listen to them because I think, you know, Synchro is bigger than one country and the needs of our sport are more than, you know, just here in Canada. So everything that we've done, I've always tried to be mindful of trying to keep it international. Um, you know, when we did our first giveaway from selling T-shirts and we had that a sponsorship to go to a team, we opened it up to teams across the world and said, hey, you know, this is how you can enter the giveaway and it ended up being a team in the Netherlands that won. So I, that helped to kind of give it some international legs. But, you know, it's been a little bit more challenging through the pandemic just to keep it international. We've we've done virtual classes at the beginning of the pandemic. And we had planned a camp in Europe for 2020, which was canceled. And then last year, just kind of, I mean, it was it was hard for our organization to just survive through COVID. And, uh, and this year it's kind of the same thing. Like we're doing a camp in the States, but I, I feel like something's missing, not doing a camp in Europe or not doing a camp in Australia, like we've always done and, and we'll get back there. But I just think that because I, I personally care so much about the sport on an international level, um, and that kind of feeds through our mission and, and that helps our organization to keep so much interest internationally. And can you I guess, explain like how one team movement came to be. That's such a loaded question because I feel like so many things in my skating and coaching career led to it. I would say the first thing, and I didn't even know it was for one team movement at this point, but 
I did quite a bit of international consulting where I would work with teams in Australia and France and just, you know, around Canada and the U.S. And um, and I found that so many countries and teams, they had the same problems and the same obstacles that they were facing, but everyone felt like they were dealing with it themselves. And I thought, you know, if we could find a way to work together a little bit more at the community level and to help each other and share resources, we probably wouldn't have the same problems, right? Because we'd be able to work together and, and solve them. So that was kind of one of the things that led to it. Another kind of thing when I look back that led to it was um, we got to compete at a really big competition called the Grand Prix Final. So if you can imagine, there's like a Grand Prix circuit where all of the disciplines, except for synchronized skating, they will compete throughout the season. And then the top performers of the Grand Prix circuit will get invited to the Grand Prix Final. And in 2015, synchronized skating was invited to be part of the Grand Prix Final um, as an exhibition, but it was it was a competition as well. And there were five teams that were invited. My team was one of them. It was in Barcelona, Spain. We were walking to the rink with palm trees and sun shining, which, as you can imagine, in the skating world is unheard of. And I remember getting ready to compete and not feeling nervous at all because it wasn't about wanting to win. And it wasn't about wanting to beat another team or like there was no pressure in that sense. The pressure was wanting to perform well on behalf of the sport, but wanting all of my competitors to perform well as well, because this was a new stage for us to perform synchronized skating in front of a new crowd. And it it wasn't, it wouldn't have served the sport well if my team performed really well and we won, but everyone else fell, right? So it was like this different sense of calm, just wanting every team to skate really well. So looking back, I thought, you know, wouldn't that be such a beautiful mindset for young skaters to have as they took the ice, you know, not worrying about whether they win or wanting their, their competitors to lose, but just saying, hey, like, I want everyone to skate well because it's good for the sport if we all skate well. And I want every skater to get better and to improve because if I get better, but no one else does, then that makes me a better skater. But the sport will never get to the Olympics that way. So really changing the frame of mind to be larger than ourselves. And the final thing that started, I guess, that led to one team movement um, was just realizing that growing up, I was always told that by the time I reached the senior level, I would get to go to the Olympics. And so I believe that wholeheartedly. I trained as hard as I could myself and I made it to the top level and I was like, okay, like when I get there, I'm going to go to the Olympics. And of course, that never happened for me because Synchro is not in the Olympics still. But I thought, you know, my whole life, I just had this belief that the Olympics were just going to happen. And when I, I guess as I went through the sport, I started to realize that it's not as simple as just trusting it to happen and, and believing that it will. And I think there's so many people that are passionate about synchronized skating, current members, for, uh, former members, um, and just general fans of the sport. And if there was a way to channel all of the the passions, the interests, the backgrounds of all of these people to give back to the sport and to help it grow, we probably would be an Olympic sport. You know, like we have lawyers and doctors and uh, media people and celebrities that were once synchronized skaters. And so if there's a way to kind of bring those people back in to help grow the sport and get it to the Olympics, I think we'd already be there. So 
that's kind of where the idea for one team movement came is, is really we're stronger together. And if we can get everyone to work together, then we can make great changes for the sport. What do you, what's your end goal with the one team movement community? I think it's hard to say what the end goal is because I don't see an end. (laughs) Not end goal, but I guess like, what is the main thing that you want to do with this community? I guess the big picture plan for one team movement is to grow a community of people that support one another, that help one another, that can um, support each other in trying to grow the sport and elevate the sport from a de- like a developmental level as well. Um, so like we we're constantly trying to you know connect people with others. And if you're looking for a mentor, we have a mentorship program and um, just trying to connect people because so many people in our community are willing to help, but they don't they don't know who needs the help or people are afraid to reach out and ask for the help. Um, so it's just I guess creating this really strong community of people helping people and through that elevating the sport and getting it into the olympics that would be the ultimate dream for one team movement and synchronized skating you ever hope that like that'll happen quicker to like see the sport beyond the olympics oh my like (laughs) every time there's like a vote from the ioc Um, as to, you know, what sports will be included in the next Olympics. Everyone is sitting there with their like toes and fingers crossed. And um, unfortunately, there have been a few Olympic bids and they haven't been successful. But um, it's just it's challenging because it it feels like the target is always moving a little bit. And so it's not like this step by step. Okay, if Synchro does this, you'll get in. And then if you do this, you'll get in. It's kind of it's more complicated than that, which makes it hard for the sport to get acceptance. But Yes, every every day we're wishing by some miracle that Synchro will be in the Olympics. One one day it'll happen. Hopefully, I, I honestly it has to. It's too great of a sport to not. What do you hope to do with this podcast? I think there's a lot of interest and love and passion for synchronized skating, and there aren't a lot of outlets and things out there for people to really sink their teeth into. If you love Synchro. Um, So I'm hoping that we can have a regular podcast and put out content that people just love listening to, that they find entertaining and educational. And, you know, as they're driving to work or they're driving to the rink, you know, they can't wait for the next um, Sound of Synchro podcast to come out so that they can hear what we're up to and what we're talking about. So I just want to build more excitement in and for the community. So, yeah, I guess in closing, uh, if you aren't already, make sure you're following us on social media. We are at One Team Movement. So it's one, normal spelling, O-N-E, team, T-E-A-M. And then the short form for movement, M-V-M-T. Our website, oneteammovement.org. So follow us on social media and be sure to check in for our next podcast episode and the future ones to follow.